Welcome to You Did What? The podcast which analyzes all things marketing. Your hosts, Shoei Lambert and Jim Thompson, debate current brands, strategies, and actions. Welcome. I'd love to say good morning, but this is going to be like the Truman Show. I can say good morning, good afternoon, and good night. So welcome. Uh, <laughs> so true. So Sherry, welcome from Tokyo. And thank uh, you, Nicole Weltman. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So you are the head of social for Taco Bell. That's right. And what does that mean? Oh, it's not, sometimes it means something different each day, but most days it means that I oversee Taco Bell's social media presence across own, earned, and paid. So any content that you see coming from an at Taco Bell handle or an influencer talking about Taco Bell is based off of strategies and tactics out of my team. That's fantastic. Um What's the what's like a great example of learning that you've gotten by doing this? Really, when you join a company, so I've been to talk about two years. When you join a company, I think there are things that you'll assume about an audience. And really, with social media, the audience will tell you what they want to see. And so mm. letting go of things that I thought people would want to see. Because they were interesting to me, you know, for yeah. example, we do a lot of charity work. We donate a lot to charity um, through, you know, if you round up at a Taco Bell, that all gets donated either to scholarships. We give away millions of dollars in scholarships. And we also give to local um, boys and girls clubs and all these different things. And I was like, well, how amazing. What a great story to tell. People really want to see the food, <laughs> right? So <laughs> I, as, as sad as it is to say, you know, you're like, that's why they follow Taco Bell, right? They want to see our food. They want to know what's going on. They want a menu hack. Um, they want to know how uh, our tacos are built, but they're, they're, it's not much more wide reaching uh, than that. And so I, I learned some of those things the hard way. But uh, how to let go of what I think is interesting and really just give give the people what they want. Yeah. You know, I think when I was in marketing, which was many, many years ago, I was in, in uh, brand management at Quaker Oats. Um, uh, that was one of the first things I learned is that um, my opinion didn't count for anything and that the people who actually were buying the products or, or weren't, um, that's what we had to listen to. So, I yes, exactly. I had got the same lesson early in my career. Exactly. Yeah. So Shari, how, how, what how I'm, I'm being awful quiet, right? Yeah. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> so we, Nicole, so when I think, think about Taco Bell, right, that is a brand that just stands out to me. They always get it right. I, I think they stand out in terms of their social media marketing. They're very cheeky in their marketing strategies and their brand activations. Like I think about the Bell Hotel sells out, you know, in Palm Springs, California, for those that didn't know about it, you guys took over a hotel. You did this whole brand activation with influencers. It is a cultish type brand, right? Like, and I think you definitely, I, I thought one thing that you said is very telling. You said, whatever you wanted to say, 
didn't matter. It's the consumers, what they wanted, and they cared about the food. And I think that speaks to it being cultish, right? Yeah. Um, they care about the I food. Think that they, care, they also care about like our irreverent personality. Like we have this internal language that we use called the Taco Bell wink. So sometimes that ah. will guide our tone and voice, which is very much meant to be irreverent, but also inclusive. Like we're all in on the joke and we very much do want people to feel like they are insiders because so many, there is like a, a cult-like um, love for the brand. And so we want to acknowledge and mirror that insider behavior. And that's what the Taco Bell wink is. And I think that's what made the Taco Bell Hotel so, so successful. It was a little before my time, but the, that personality of the brand sh shined through um, every touch point of the hotel and the activation. And I think that's critical because it's so hard for any brands, whether your restaurant, you know, what, what your consumer package good, how do you break through that clutter? And it seems like you guys have that formula. We, we know who we are. And so we just use that as a very bright North star. We, and it's something that you can feel in the halls of Taco Bell as well. There, if you are familiar, not many people are familiar with like our founder's story, but it, he, Glenn Bell was part of introducing tacos to America. It was, he, he was kind of met with a lot of, you're crazy, right? <laughs> and that, so, so be, thus was born a taco stand in a burger world. And it really still feels like that today. And so that has just given us so much permissibility to go against the grain, be different, be disruptive, because that's in our DNA. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I love the tagline, you know, um, being going, you know, being a taco in a burger world, because I think that really just resonates on who you guys are still today. Right. Right. And it goes back to the the who. Right. Why do you exist as a brand is really, you know, you know, that that why starting with the why and you really do talk about it all the time, which I think is yeah. great in your messaging. Whether you say it, you're definitely a little off off the rails a little bit in a positive right. way. Right. So, uh, Nicole, we have a lot of students who will be pursuing their careers in the near future who listen. I'm sure it's millions at this point. Mm. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so could you just like take a step back and just kind of talk about your career? You know, how did you get to where you are today? Sure. I started my career more in general branded content. Um, I worked for um, Sports Illustrated, NASCAR and EA Games were some of the first places that I, I grew my career. And the entire the, the number one thing I learned is kind of like what we were already talking about as far as making sure that whatever we're creating, the audience is at the center. So when you work, let's say, like, as an example, I worked on integrating advertisers into Madden, you can actually do much more harm than good with the gamer audience if you give them something inauthentic or disruptive. So really understanding what is a value add was something I learned very early in my mm -hmm. career. And that is the number one rule for successful social media as well. If you're not adding value to the feed or value to the, ex the consumer's experience, you're spamming them. There's no in between. And so um, that as I transitioned my career from more, um, you know, native 
branded content advertising to social media, that's been the through line. And that's been something that I've constantly kept at the center. So then I spent time agency side, which was an amazing experience because you constantly are getting re-educated on different types of client problems, different sectors. Um, I've worked on so many different types of brands, whether it be you know, hair care, beauty, food, auto, Bev, and you, you can just learn so much and mm-hmm. have a lot of variety in your day. Uh, and now there's so much benefits also that I'm really enjoying being more on the brand side as far as feeling like you own something from start to finish. You know, you're really building long-term how this brand is showing up in, in culture and in consumers' lives. Um, I'm so happy that I've, I've had both experiences. Um, but the number one thing as I continue to grow in my career that is advice that I always give is I'm a constant student to marketing. I read Ad Age nearly daily. I get those daily emails. Uh, um, I'm constantly looking at what other brands are doing, whether they're in my sector or not. Um, And I'm constantly thinking about, you know, I wonder what the discussion was. I wonder what the brief was. I wonder, you know, what, what they were trying to accomplish. And it, you know, we're a constantly evolving industry. And so how do you make sure that you're staying fresh on, on those evolutions and staying inspired? And I think there's so much opportunity in our industry that it, it's all there for the taking. So that's always been something that I've made sure to dedicate time to. And I think it's it's really helped. I think that's really smart. I have to tell you, it's kind of the part of the genesis for this podcast was I, I'm the same way. I know Sherry is, you know, I probably read um, at least 10 things a day, publications that send out, you know, here the latest news. And um, a lot of them are marketing related, some are strategy, some are just, well, you know, general. Um, but it's really helpful. And and a lot of times I'd be going, what in the world were they thinking? <laughs> you did what? <laughs> and um, and, so and then other times I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. Um so it's, it's, I'm glad that you, for one, you mentioned the notion of constantly learning, um, constantly being a student, because I think that's really great advice for everybody, uh, no matter how old you are. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nicole, a, a, a while back, you you were a, a guest lecturer in one of my courses, one of my classes. And one of the things that you talked about was catching fire. Right. Mm. Social media and getting that that wow. It's like the holy grail that as marketers, special social media marketers, that you hope that whatever you put out there, that content catches fire. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I mean, it's every year I think it's harder and harder to to chase that holy grail, you know, hope to go viral. The short, the the news cycles are getting shorter and shorter and channels are getting more and more fragmented with more and more sort of mm-hmm. niche sectors. Like if you think of TikTok, like something that will really speak true to me, well, might only have a couple thousand views, right? But like in my niche community of, of interest, we'll talk about it or me and my friends will have seen it, even though the, the view count or the engagement count feel so low. So it's, I think my talk on catching fire today would be very different than it was a few years ago. Yeah. Those things. And I think that that's on us as practitioners to reorient what it, what it means to 
spark that engagement, right? Um, so I think that you either can kind of go really deep, but it might be smaller, or you can have that that breath, that bigger moment, but it'll be that much more fleeting than it was a few years ago. Um, but what I really like to think about and what I really like to geek out about is how to construct your best chance of catching fire. Mm. So for example, um, earlier this year, though, no, I guess not this year, earlier in 2023, um, <laughs> in May of 2023, we sought out for, we took a brand action that we thought was really important and that we called Liberating Taco Tuesday. So there was a trademark mm. on the Taco Tuesday by um, a small, more Midwest competitor called Taco John's. And if you were to like really look beneath the surface of that statement, Taco John's was sending cease and desist orders to small mom and pop taco shops and small businesses and bars that were trying to use Taco Tuesday as a promotional mechanism. If you look on social media, Taco Tuesday as a hashtag has millions, if not billions of impressions across platforms like Instagram, Twitter. TikTok. It is obviously pervasive in culture, which according to our lawyers and trademark lawyers all across America, that it means that no one should hold a trademark on it. A lot of people thought that we went went after the trademark for ourselves, when in actuality, we thought that it would help all of taco culture, which again, if you go back to our origin story and Blood and Bell being that first person to really help popularized tacos in America, like contributing to taco culture and and doing something for everyone is really important to us. So we wanted to make sure that we told that story in the right way. We had a lot of fun with our filing, um, our trademark (laughs) filing to to petition um, letting go, like not having a trademark. So we put that filing in some specific places that we were, were hoping would catch fire, like in out of home and in newspaper. And then we did things like sent influencers to take photos of it. So we cut, tried to kind of like have it catch on. And then we followed up. So that was more of the breadth. Like we had some big media around the trademark. But then for the depth, we had, there are law, law talk is a thing. So lawyers on TikTok, there are lawyers Mm -hmm. on TikTok, Harvard lawyers, like brilliant lawyers (laughs) that talk about cases. They're influencers. They get millions of views. We worked with these these lawyers on law talk. And we, all we did was have our lawyer, our trademark attorney present the facts of the case. We did ask for legal reasons to hear what they were going to say before they filmed it, but we only gave them the facts of the case and they kind of made it in in their style and talked about it. And so that's where we really got the depth. And then we also followed that up with a Reddit AMA where people could ask questions. So we thought about different channels. We thought about different tactics. We thought about who were the best voices, right? So these lawyers, we put our CMO on Reddit and made him answer a bunch of questions, right? <laughs> like, because we really wanted people to hear from the company, from us, why we were doing this. And so that's where I get very excited about architecting, you know, your best effort to catch fire and thinking about both the breadth and the depth and the systematic 
what should follow what, what should come in what, Mm -hmm. right? So, so Taco Bell social did not talk about this until after the lawyers did because we wanted to build up credibility. So then we, as Taco Bell TikTok, duetted one of those lawyers and had like our own irreverent <laughs> one with it, right? So it's someone like taking notes and reading, trying to like catch up on their law books, right? So, right, like doing a whole brief. Yeah. So it's a very fun, our version of it, but that it made sense to go in that order, right? So we really, you you want to think about the breadcrumbs that you're laying, the, the, the touch points that you're putting out for the consumer and who is the best mouthpiece one. Oh, I love that. That's I like that, like laying that breadcrumbs yeah. out there, you know? And, and then it's extra challenging because each breadcrumb has to also be a full meal because if no one, people may not follow <laughs> the trail you gave them and that's okay. And that's what happens on social media, right? So everything... It's incredibly challenging for creatives and strategists. Everything has to make sense on its own, but it also yeah. decides to go down the rabbit hole. Like, will you lead them the right way? Right. Did you? Well, and I think that's really good. If I can jump in real quick, Jim, is because we talk about that in, in my digital marketing classes, right? Is that you don't have control. Once you put something out there, you don't have control on how it gets picked up from the consumers or what they go with it. So all you can hope for is that you are are being true to your authentic self, right? And then therefore, whatever kind of they pick up as you lay down, it it goes to your benefit. That's That's a better word. That's right. I I just wondered if you had any small small taco shops that sent notes of appreciation for being supportive. Yes. Small taco shops, even larger companies like um, the manufacturer, I want to say it might have been General Mills, the people that manufacture Old El Paso, like sent us a note of thanks, right? Like, uh, <laughs> but but by and large, a lot of small uh, mom and pop shops um, sent notes of thanks. Yes. Nice. That's, That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that is Taco Tuesday expands the category. Everybody benefits and certainly Taco Bell would because you're the dominant player. Yeah. And again, it goes back to your why and it goes back to Glenn Bell and his why when he started the, the organization. I think that's fantastic because yeah. then you are being true and you're being authentic in your messaging and your content. Right. And and really like to to put our money where our mouth is, we fought, funded on DoorDash what we call the taco tab. And we funded a discount on um, a Tuesday in September for people to order any me- participating Mexican restaurant, we funded um, dollars off so that people could get more exposure to more taco places because that that was what was really important to us and the heart behind the campaign for sure. I love so. it. That's amazing. I'm going to have to hit a Taco Bell today. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few really close to my apartment there are, in, yeah, in, yeah. in Tokyo. So I got I just Googled it. I was like, oh my gosh, there's one at the at the station. I could see it from here even. <laughs> oh, amazing. Our sister brand, KFC, is incredibly popular in Japan as well. And they have like a national oh my gosh. holiday or something. It's it's wild. Yes. Apparently I had just missed coming here at Christmas, but apparently at Christmas, that is the big thing, is yes. KFC at the Christmas table, dinner table yes. of families yes. here in, it's a in Japan. Really big deal. Yeah. I think it's amazing. <laughs> so 
Let me ask you this, Nicole, and, and, and maybe we'll float back into other things, but since it's all about branding and marketing and with this podcast, and it doesn't have to be Taco Bell, but when you think about your favorite brand in the industry, all there's so many brands, you know, what is your favorite brand and why? What do they do in terms of marketing that really resonates with you and stands out? Yeah. And when Sherry says in the industry, she means any industry, um, not any just, industry, not just, yeah, not just QSR. Yeah, so it could be cars. <laughs> when I am not working, I am consuming a lot of content from the network Bravo TV. Uh, oh. All of their reality shows, and I feel like over the past year or so, especially for me on TikTok. I I think what they're doing is letting the internet run wild and like celebrating when people talk about their shows. There's de they're definitely getting better at having like snackable content and snackable clips from, you know, key episodes or key trailers like sort of available, but then the internet is taking it and running with it and I feel like after a, I watch a show, like I have to go on TikTok and like see how people are reacting to it. It's like my new version of a second screen or an involved version of like what it used to be like to watch TV like with people on Twitter. Um, yes. That, and there's so many, there are so many fan accounts and podcasts and all of like the reality stars themselves are getting more social media savvy. So it's this entire, it feels like this entire ecosystem and I, I, it's going to sound cheesy, but I feel like I'm a part of it, just even though I'm like consuming the content, but it brings me a lot of joy. And I don't know why. If that makes sense. Wait, but that's, that's what it should be about, right? Like yeah. good marketing and good branding should be about resonating and bringing joy to us, I think. Yes. Yes. And there's like, it has really reinstated appointment television, like they're because you're going to get spoilers online. You're going to miss out on the jokes. The memes won't make sense. Like, so it's, it's really in, in that regard, I think that's probably helped their business. Um, the appointment it. television of, of it all. Um, I mean, last night on the, was it the golden globes last night? Yeah. Jennifer yeah. Oh, I was, Lawrence. I was streaming it all. Okay. So Jennifer Lawrence, like actress, Jennifer Lawrence on the red carpet spent her entire red carpet interview talking about the real housewives of Salt Lake city and Bravo. And I was like, Oh, she's just like, me. like do you know what I mean? Like, it, it was just very funny. Um, so that I, I really just enjoy consuming that content, that side of social media. Um, but as I will give you a brand also, um, I'll give you a more consumable brand. So next week I'm speaking on a panel with someone from liquid death, which is like that canned water. Yeah. And yes. I, I'm a really big fan of what they're doing. They, I feel like there is that disruptor in their DNA as well. That is really admirable. And they, I just feel like they don't do anything conventional to the water category at all. And it is mm -hmm. working and it's kind of cool. And it, there's like a cult, like it, it feels like a cult is starting to grow around them as well. And they, they definitely gotten some, they've caught some fire. Like they 
um, with their Arnold Palmer beverage, where they like had to rename it, just similar because of a lawsuit. I don't know all the all the details are escaping me, but they essentially named it to, like Rich Dad Billionaire or something like that. And, <laughs> you know, it got headlines, it got attention, it got shares, and you know that's what it's all about these days, right? So I think yeah. they know who they are for sure. It feels is similar to a lot of the, you know, the things I said about us, like they know who they are, they're laser focused on it. They're having fun. Um, and then they're just, they're just, they're, you know, they're going against the grain a bit and it, it feels like fun to watch. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah. And it's a, it's really, it's a, a very young, I don't think it's even been around that long. So it's, I, feel I like don't they, either. Yeah. yeah they've done quite a lot quickly by playing a very brand forward right? Playbook. Yeah. No, I think that's fantastic. Sure. You may remember last week that we asked our uh, two student producers the same question and Mackenzie said, um, Stanley drink tumblers. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) And that's crazy. That's catching fire. Last week they really actually a new year's Eve, they released the Valentine's uh, limited versions. And people were like battling over each other and diving across counters at Target to get them. Sherry, of course, you'll appreciate it. They were in pink and red for Valentine's Day. But of course, Barbie, you know, a Barbie tumbler can't be far away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. I love it. This has been fantastic. I love it. So my key takeaways from today is like, know who you are, know your why, kind of the same thing, putting that consumer front and center. And sparking, and if you know all that, right, then you're going to spark engagement amongst the marketplace, among the marketplace. And I think that's amazing. That I absolutely love that you're always learning to always be learning. We have this slide. I'll leave you with this because it's kind of like the summary of what you just said, right? Like we have this slide in all of our playbooks and briefs. That's um, a tribe and diagram. So it's like three overlapping circles. And it's like, our truth, the audience's truth, and the culture's truth. And if you, what's true for those three things, and if you can think of an idea that's at the exact center, those are the ideas that we want. That's like how we brief out. Ooh, I love that. I think that's a learning that every marketing student should take away from, you know? It really is. All right, so I have one more question, Sherry. Okay, God that's, help us. That's okay. Um, so it actually, it, it's connected here to what everything we've talked about. So social listening. So companies will do social mm-hmm. listening. And I'm guessing that Taco Bell must have a pretty rich process for doing that. Um, Nicole, can you just kind of, you know, in general, describe what you do there? Yeah. So we do so our social listening in-house because there's so much like nuance to the language and competitors language and things like that. Um, we use NetBase and NetBase Quid, um, and we have queries set up that we're constantly mining and constantly looking at, you know, net sentiment, passion intensity, overall volume, what's spiking volume, what, what is a good spike? Like just knowing some of that baseline data, it actually takes quite a bit of time to just orient yourself in, in the business and the trends of, of your brand's conversation. Um, so that is absolute table stakes. And we've used it actually to make like some key business decisions, including like products we bring back or 
um, different things like that. But what I will, what I will say is that I, and I'll say this to anyone listening, it's probably not a student's thing to solve, but I feel like the social listening really needs to catch up to the overall state of the industry. It's so text-based and it's so overly reliant on Twitter and Reddit. And the majority of our consumers are on TikTok. And I mean, even they're streaming on Twitch, they're listening mm-hmm. to podcasts. It's it's so it's not text-based anymore. It's video and audio based. And so I always ask like to put a big caveat on social listening that it's like this is skewed to these channels this is skewed to these formats it feels like you're we're losing intel as the mm-hmm. social media landscape continues to evolve and the type of formats that people create on continue to evolve and social listening hasn't caught up that we're losing intel so i take it now as sort of a massive grain of salt but it is a lifeline of how we make decisions and how we orient ourselves in the voice of the consumer. But we always match it with the observations from our community managers who are on, are on every channel yep. looking at every post um, because that it, it's both. It's the art and the science. Love it. So that's my soapbox. That's like my plea to the industry. To <laughs> All right. Again, with the millions who are listening to us, someone's going to hear that and build a new <laughs> A, a social observing product, not just listening. And we're like, invent something, I'll buy it. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Um, hey, Nicole, thank you very much. This was fantastic. Um, we really appreciate Absolutely it. Absolutely wonderful. Awesome. I'm so glad, yeah. guys. It was lovely seeing you and catching up. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The You Did What podcast is a production of the Temple University American Marketing Association student chapter. Our editors are TUAMA students Joseph Del Grippo, Abhijit Chaudhary, and Mackenzie Jones, and our technical advisor is Jennifer Zalia.